0: Learn more about Messianic Judaism and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. We were getting ready to return from our vacation. We had had a wonderful time in Switzerland. We toured all over the country. We saw amazing, beautiful scenery and ate delicious cheese and chocolate. Lots of cheese and chocolate. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's some of the pictures yeah We visited my Swiss relatives who I hadn't seen in almost 30 years I have a second cousin there and we got to see her her family her her son and their grandkids and all it was really a good experience There was just one thing we had to do before getting on a return flight home and that was to pass a covid test Hey, we figured it was no big deal. After all, we were both vaccinated. Besides, the latest COVID variant called Omicron was much less severe, right? Nothing to be concerned about. When Mary started sneezing a bit and had a runny nose a couple of days before our flight home, we really thought nothing of it. Probably just a little cold. After all, we'd been above 11,000 feet elevation. We were literally at a place called the top of Europe, Jungfrau Mountain, we'd been in the snow and come down from that 11,000 feet. You know, probably just the temperature and altitude changes probably had something to do with it. That is until we went to the test center to take our rabbit antigen test and get our COVID certificate to allow us to board our flight the next day. Well, my result came back negative. Great! Good to go. Then came Mary's. It was positive. Uh-oh. uh Was right. <laughs> they told us it could take 10 days until you stop testing positive. It was at 11 a.m. on a Monday morning, and we were supposed to fly home at 10 a.m. the next day on Tuesday. <laughs> what were we going to do? Anxiety began to set in on yours truly. <laughs> I tried calling United Airlines to change the flight. I couldn't get through, I don't know, my cell phone wasn't working right to the Swiss numbers. I, I just you know couldn't get through to anybody. And it was 4 a.m. back here in Virginia. I tried texting United. I got through somehow on the app and they responded, you cannot change this flight it was booked through a third party you must contact them to change it and of course we had we'd been on a tour so our flight was booked through the tour company like I said it was only it was 4 a.m. back home our travel agent wouldn't be up for hours worse yet Globus Tours the comp- the tour company and who made our flight reservations, they're based in Colorado. That's eight hours time difference. It would be 3 p.m. before they'd even open. Adding to all this, our little hotel, we were in a little boutique hotel in Zurich, we are staying for the night. Contact, hey, can we stay some extra, um, sorry sir, we're fully booked up the rest of the week. Really sorry. <laughs> We'd have to find another place to stay. We'd have to change our flights. How are we going to do this? And how long are we going to be there? Anxiety is a big heap of what-ifs. What are we going to do? What if, what that? Uncertainties built one on top of the other. Now the word anxiety comes from the Latin meaning to choke or squeeze. It literally means to take your breath away. (laughs) Anxiety is a close cousin to fear. But while fear sees a threat, anxiety imagines one. Fear will inspire fight or flight. But anxiety causes doom and gloom. Studies have shown that the United States, unfortunately, is one of the most anxious nations in the world. Americans living with stress and strife, spending millions on anti-anxiety medications. And I can tell you, when an American is overseas, they still get anxiety, right? Like me. Now, one might think that followers of Yeshua are exempt from anxiety, but we're not. We are taught that the life of a believer is full of peace. So when we don't have peace, we assume the problem lies within us we not only feel anxious, but then we start feeling guilty because we've fallen short in our faith. We're not living up to what we're supposed to, faith as a believer. And it just creates this downward spiral. So that's where I was. What ifs kept going through my mind? Where are we gonna stay? How long would we be stuck here? How are we gonna get around? How are we gonna change the flight and all this stuff? Well, I finally heard back from our travel agent in the afternoon. She was able to book us at a Holiday Inn Express by the Zurich airport for another five days, thankfully. Okay, but we were staying downtown. How are we gonna get out there to the airport? Fortunately, I had this, downloaded this app on my phone, my iPhone, for the Swiss railways. So this app, has the timetables you can even buy your tickets on it it's really pretty neat we could take a train from downtown and city of Zurich out to where the hotel was and it was only going to be like a five-minute walk from the station to the hotel okay great on our way to the station in down in Zurich I happened to look at my app there was a problem it seemed that there was some kind of a I don't know if it was a, a train wreck or something on the railroad, and that rail line was blocked and delayed indefinitely. What are we gonna do? Looked at my app again, and it suggested, praise God, an alternative. We could take a tram and transfer to a bus to get out to near the Holiday Inn. It took twice as long, but we were able to take this tram at like 20 stops. And as a side benefit, we got to see all these little neighborhoods in Zurich, Switzerland, and see how regular Swiss people live. We got to the end of the line, got on the bus. The bus took us right to where the train station was, out by the Holiday Inn. It was a five minute walk. That's what we did. It was like a little adventure. So I have to ask was Paul out of touch? When he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I think you've heard that verse a lot, right? Notice that verse is written in the present tense. Basically, saying, don't let anything in life leave you perpetually in angst and breathless. The presence of anxiety can happen, but the prison of anxiety is avoidable. Now, if anyone had a right to be anxious, certainly it was the Apostle Paul, and he was in a literal prison. Paul was in a Roman prison where he wrote these words. He had been falsely accused of blasphemy, nearly killed, imprisoned, survived a shipwreck, and even bitten by a venomous snake. On top of that, he was stranded on an island for three months. Hey, but at least he can take comfort in all those congregations he planted, right around uh, Asia Minor and uh, Greece and present-day Turkey, right. Well, it turns out there's competition in Corinth. There's legalism in Galatia, and Crete they're plagued by money grabbers. And Eph- Ephesus has womanizers. There's false preachers accusing him of profiting. Off the gospel even some of his friends have turned against him on top of all of that he's there, prisoner in Rome and the Emperor Nero could basically just snap his fingers and he'd be executed yet look at Paul's words to the Philippians Philippians 4 4 through 8 he says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And he continues, and the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Messiah Yeshua. Finally brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is commendable. If there's any virtue, and if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Paul's letter bears not one word of fear or complaint. He never shakes a fist at God. Instead, he lifts prayers of thanks. So, the prescription for anxiety starts with a call to rejoice. Paul says continuously, habitually rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Always, not just on good days, not just on Shabbat, but always, amen. Hey, it's easy to rejoice on good days, but how can we rejoice when the storm clouds come? Notice the words are to rejoice in the Lord. The command is to rejoice in the Lord. This is not a feeling, but it's a decision. It is a deeply rooted confidence that God exists. It is acknowledging that God is in control and he is good and he is sovereign. This is what enabled Paul to remain strong in spite of his circumstances. Let the accusers come, let the people bicker and quarrel, let the storms blow. He had stabilized his life with a sturdy belief system. Paul knew this proper understanding of God's sovereignty was crucial in the treatment of anxiety. You need to change your thinking before you can change your behavior. We can't run the world, thank God, but we can entrust it to him. Peace is in reach, not for lack of problems, but in the presence of a sovereign Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 11, Verses 24 through 28 says, five times from the Jewish leaders I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I spent in the open sea. In my many journeys I have been in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the desert dangers in the sea, dangers among false brothers, and labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Besides all these things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all of Messiah's community. Eh, That's not enough, it was all these communities that he established. That's quite a list. Any one of these things could have brought down a load of worry and anxiety. No matter if your trials are big or small, you have a choice in how you perceive them. You will be tempted to react angrily. You might shout how unjust or unfair it is. You know, unchecked anxiety can unleash a full fury of angry outbursts. Philippians 4 5 and 6 again. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything. You see, gentleness equals a level headedness, it's an even temperedness, it's fairness. The calm person reminds everyone that God is in control. In the midst of chaos, they can put things into perspective. Look again at the words, the Lord is near. Hey, you're not alone. You may feel alone sometimes, but there's never a moment that you face without God. Isolation creates a downward spiral of dread, but you're not alone. Even early biblical commentators like to phrase this verse in different ways. Here's some other commentaries saying, the Lord is at hand, have no anxiety. The Lord is near, have no worries. We can calmly take our concerns to God because he is as near as our next breath. So for the next five days, we stayed at a Holiday Inn out by the Zurich airport. Thankfully, we weren't restricted on travel around Switzerland. They didn't have a quarantine. They just said basically use good judgment. We just couldn't go home. So we got local travel passes that let us take unlimited trips around Zurich on the trains the trams the buses and the boats. It even gave us some free museum passes. On the sixth day, We went to the COVID test center in the airport. Surely by now, with no symptoms and no fever, Mary would test negative. Nope, still positive. All right, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is unfair. I was getting that that angry thing, you know, it's like, this is ridiculous. This could go on for weeks, testing positive. What were we gonna do here, you know? I mean, it's nice, but I wanna go home. What were we to do? So, here again, the Apostle Paul gives this instruction. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Notice the word Paul uses. He uses the words prayer, petition, requests. Prayer is a general devotion It includes acts of worship and adoration petition implies humility we're not making demands we're making humble requests a request is simply that we ask God for what we need what we want it's specific that second COVID test was on a Saturday we thought okay let's give it two more days Surely the test will be negative by then. On Sunday, we prayed together. Remember that? We prayed together for the Lord to clear us to come home. We asked the Lord for his will to be done. Sometimes Sunday night, I don't know if it was Sunday night or early Monday morning, I, I had a distinct dream. I was restless and I had this dream. I believed God was telling me, Monday would be the day we would be cleared. We had some of those home tests we brought with us. Now they couldn't be used for official results, but I thought, hey, let's just see. Let's just see the result, and based on that, we'll go to the official test center on Monday. So Monday morning came, we had breakfast, came back up from breakfast, I said, let's do the test. Okay, bingo, it was negative. Mary was negative. I was negative. Perfect. Great. Let's go to the official test center over the airport and be done with it and schedule our flight home. Because remember, I couldn't even schedule a flight until they had negative results. The airline wouldn't let me schedule anything. Okay. And these results, these tests, were only good for one day. So we had to get when you get the result, then you had to get in touch with the tour company, remember, which was eight hours difference, you know, and helps get us on a flight the the very next day. So, we had this time difference. So, we go to the test center at the airport. They do the rapid 15-minute test, and so we're walking around the airport, waiting for them, because they send it to you on your phone. So I'm waiting, waiting, pops up. Mine comes back first, negative like it had been every time we're tested. Mary's comes back, positive. What, again? The home test was negative. I was sure God had told me today was the day that we would be cleared. Okay, we're going back up to the test center, all right. So we had to take the, ele- it was in one of the hotels by the airport. Take the elevator up to the fifth floor, we go in. And uh, I said, I asked, okay, what are we supposed to do? How long is this gonna go on? The young woman technician at the test center told us, she says, you know, you can go to the medical center, and there's a medical center right here in the airport, and you can get a doctor's certificate that says she is fit to fly. It will cost you a little something, but it should get you on the plane. I said, okay follow her directions, go down and then just like walk a few steps, go up another elevator, and there we are in the medical center at the airport. Explain to them what we need, and the young lady says, well, the doctor's at lunch. Can you come back at three o'clock? I'm, I'm anxious, but I'm, you know, it's okay. And then she says, wait a minute. She makes a phone call and says, he can see you now. The doctor came out, looked at her test results, asked Mary a few questions, and that was it. Printed out a certificate that said fit to fly, saying Frau Mary Haller has recovered and has no symptoms, and the doctor signed it. Woohoo! Took that thing, that afternoon we emailed her certificate and my negative results to the travel company, and after a few hours, by that evening, I don't know if it was like Eight o'clock at night or something. We had our reservations for the flight the next day to come home So why am I telling you all this in a sermon? Well, you know I was anxious. I Was I was a mess for a while We were 4,000 miles away from home and they told us You can't go home until you both test negative now we were in a beautiful place. Switzerland, it's a gorgeous country. Scenery was, scenery was great. The food was great. And fortunately, we could use our credit cards for food and hotel to keep going. Um, thankfully, we did take out some travel insurance, so hopefully I'll be getting, getting reimbursed for some of this extra cost. But I still got anxious. Even when I had heard clearly from the Lord that today would be the day The first official test came back positive. I started to wonder, where did I go? Did I hear wrong? Was I making stuff up? Is this just my mind playing tricks with me? But he answered our prayers. He did come through just like he said he would. It just didn't happen the way that I thought, you know, my control plan, this is the way it's gonna work out. He did it his own way, (laughs) yeah. First Peter five and verse seven says, cast all your worries upon him, for he cares for you. Sprinkled around requests and petitions are the words, thank you. You see, gratefulness and thankfulness encourage a positive attitude and help us to dispel anxiety. If gratitude or gratefulness came in a pill form, it would be considered a wonder drug. There's an old hymn that goes like this, some of the words, you probably, some of you are familiar with it. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings. Do you see any blessings? Do you have friends? Do you have family? Do you have skills and gifts that God has given you? You have blessings. That hymn goes on to say, count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. That's rejoicing, thankfulness and rejoicing, right? Hey, Jason, can you put that last photo up? <laughs> there it is. Hey, I had much to be thankful for. It was a beautiful vacation in a beautiful place. And we got to extend our vacation seven days. It was a lesson to remind me, I'm not in control, God is. And he hears our prayers. Being thankful dispels anxiety. Don't be surprised when God answers your prayers. Just not in the way you assume it will. Shabbat Shalom. Dear Heavenly God, I just thank you for the teachings of your word, understanding thankfulness, joyfulness to dispel anxiety in our lives. When we're thankful, when we praise you, that's what gives us comfort and peace in our lives. We're forever grateful for you. In Hashem Yeshua, Amen. Amen.